Gadi have said the blaze started at about 11.35pm. They were on the scene shortly after. They immediately treated it as an incident of criminal damage. On Saturday night, a fire destroyed most of a disused hotel in County Galway that was set to begin housing up to 70 asylum seekers later this week. Minister for Integration, Roderick O'Gorman, said the blaze, which Gardena believe was started deliberately, was a deeply sinister act designed to intimidate international protection applicants. The fire at Ross Lake House Hotel in Ross Cahill, not far from Uthrorth, is just the latest in a growing list of incidents where buildings, particularly hotels, which are set aside to house asylum seekers, have been vandalised. Irish Times crime and security correspondent Conor Gallagher has covered a number of these arson attacks in recent years. Arson has been employed on multiple occasions. Asylum seeker centres or centres that had been used or were going to be used as asylum seeker accommodation were explicitly targeted. With more international protection applicants arriving here every week and little or no capacity to accommodate them, the government, or more specifically the Department of Equality and Integration, has a mammoth task on its hands. As Irish Times political correspondent Cormac McQuinn explains. Mr. Roderick Gorman has kind of been left flapping on his own. It is a big department that has been given some very big responsibilities in the, in the last couple of years. This is In the News from the Irish Times. I'm Sarah Pollock. Today, after another arson attack, what options are left for housing asylum seekers? Connor, late on Saturday night, a fire broke out at the Ross Lake House Hotel in County Galway, a hotel that was set to accommodate up to 70 asylum seekers from December 21st, this Thursday. Garthy have said that they now believe the hotel was set alight deliberately. Saturday's fire follows a number of arson attacks that have taken place since 2018 on properties intended to provide accommodation for those seeking international protection in Ireland. Can you remind us of some of those previous arson attacks? Arson has been employed, as you said, on, on, on multiple occasions over the last several years, uh, seemingly as a means to prevent proposed accommodation centres from being used to house um, asylum seekers, uh, often in quite rural, isolated communities. When we go back to, say, 2018, when the number of asylum seekers were relatively high, but much lower than have been arriving this year, Donegal Hotel, which was uh, earmarked to house about uh, 100 asylum seekers, was set on fire. That was the Casa Mara Hotel in Moyville. Um, thankfully, no one was injured uh, during that incident. We've seen fires also in Ruski when an asylum seeker accommodation centre was set on fire. There it was due to house uh, 80 people in 2019. And again, a fire in the middle of the night caused the mysterious circumstances. And there's been a lot of other incidents as well, including um, just last month when uh, heavy machinery was set on fire at a proposed centre, which has been redeveloped in Ross Lair. That was kind of a, a piece of um, heavy machinery, which was, was gutted by fire in the middle of the night, which Gardy also believe was a deliberate act of arson. And of course, we saw the... Uh, during the riots uh, in, in Dublin in late November, 
asylum seeker centers or centers that had been used or were going to be used as asylum seeker accommodation were explicitly targeted as well. There was a, a premises in Finglas, which had previously been the subject of a vandalism attack that was set on fire. Dublin Fire Brigade personnel actually had to use their breeding apparatus and rescue a security guard who was inside at the time and another dorm room accommodation which had been proposed as asylum seeker accommodation on Parnell Street had all of its windows put in and indeed a hotel on O'Connell Street which a rumour went around at least that it was going to be used as asylum seeker accommodation that was set ablaze as well so very very much becoming a pattern at this stage. You mentioned there are rumours going around about certain places being used as accommodation who is behind these rumours and how are they spreading so quickly? Rumours would often originate on a small number of uh, social media or telegram channels, usually authored by kind of far-right activists. Uh, Although sometimes they will originate in local Facebook groups with seemingly no basis in fact or or evidence. Sometimes the rumours are are true and some people have heard on the grapevine that there will be asylum seekers moving in and it's later confirmed by the Department of Integration. Sometimes they're, they're absolutely completely false as well and seem to have just been spread to stir up anger uh, in in local communities. Connor, the Ross Lake House Hotel is actually very close to the town of Uchtarard, where nearly four years ago in 2019, thousands of people took to the streets protesting against the opening of a direct provision centre in the town. It's remembered as one of the first big demonstrations against the arrival of asylum seekers in recent years. And it later emerged that in many ways it was orchestrated and controlled by members of far right anti-immigrant groups. You wrote a lot about this at the time. Do you think Saturday's fire could have been caused by that same small group of far right activists? So the protests which have preceded the, the fire do seem to have mostly been made up uh, of of local people, although like other protests around the country, it has attracted the interests of, of, of these kind of far-right outsiders. The fire itself, Gardy will definitely be looking at a small number, but active uh, far-right activists who travel around the country and uh, get involved in, in these protests and try to kind of raise the temperature. They will be looking at an even smaller number of these activists who have shown a propensity towards violence or inciting violence and indeed who have been very active um, over the last month in the spreading of misinformation and, and, and trying to incite violence. While there are a lot of people who object to immigration housing and immigration housing in local uh, isolated areas, the number who would be willing to engage in something like arson will be much, much smaller and Gardy would have a list of, of people that they would be looking at first. Minister for Integration Roderick O'Gorman said earlier this month that his department had purchased 37 properties to date to house asylum seekers and that approved housing bodies would be running these properties, which he said would prioritise accommodating vulnerable applicants. But what if what happened this weekend in Galway just keeps happening? What are Garthi doing to prevent further arson attacks, do you know? On the face of it, not much. Um, the Garda reaction to all of these has been reactive rather than proactive. These are isolated places in the countryside, so it's quite hard to guard them 
um, or to, you know, to have any effective surveillance on them, you know, it's quite easy for someone to kind of get in and get out and set the fire without being caught. Gardaí have been coming under pressure to be more active in, in confronting and uh, combating the, 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 the far-right extremists in this country, uh, especially since November. You know, we were kind of promised arrests and we haven't seen any arrests uh, so far in the aftermath of the Dublin violence. They will be investigating the, the fire near Uthard as they they would normally but it has to be said that they haven't been very proactive in 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 dealing with this threat to date Uh, whether that will change after last weekend i'm not sure we all know that we're in the middle of a housing crisis but also there is the housing crisis within the international protection system and for ukrainian refugees as well and meanwhile most new arrivals who have come to this country seeking protection in the last couple of weeks are now sleeping rough or being told to find their own accommodation. It feels like the tensions are only rising and only increasing. What do you foresee in the early months of 2024 regarding all this, Connor? It doesn't seem like it's going to abate. I mean, hopefully we won't see any of repeat of those riots in Dublin just because there's so much more policing in Dublin. I think uh, Gardaí are keeping a much closer eye on it. But these incidents down the country, as government really try to scramble to find accommodation at very short notice to stop people having to sleep on the streets over the cold winter months. Yeah, there's there's no reason to see why this is going to abate in any way. Communities are still going to be told at short notice that asylum seekers are going to move in. That's going to cause anger. And in some cases, outsiders will exploit that anger towards criminal acts and, and possibly very, very dangerous acts. Connor Gallagher, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Coming up, Cormac McQuinn gives us the political reaction to the fire at Ross Lake House Hotel. Cormac McQuinn is a political correspondent with the Irish Times. Cormac Some local councillors have been very vocal since the arson attack, arguing that government was responsible for creating the tensions which led to the fire. On Monday morning, Noel Thomas, a Fianna Fáil councillor based in County Galway, argued that the government should halt all asylum seekers from entering the country and said, quote, the inn is full and that the country has been flooded with asylum seekers. It's, it's, It's actually causing a lot of upset in a lot of communities. So like, we either really said we we really have to start realizing. I said that the inn is full. Like okay, I'm gonna give you a small small little example, right? And uh, in a way, let's say you got a bucket of water. You turn on. You want to fill it. Sorry, you want to fill a bucket of water. You turn on a hose into the bucket. Then anyone with a bit of common sense is going to turn that hose off before the bucket overfills. He also said the government should take the majority of the blame for the situation. What else has been said? Yeah, I mean, it, it, there was quite strong comments from him and, and another councillor, uh, Seamus Wall, who who blamed uh, the situation. Uh, if said on on Sunday, if if it was a criminal act, what made the criminal act happen? It, it was the senseless policy of the government. Um, so you know, backlash locally from within a government party, Fianna Fáil, to uh, asylum seeker policy, and and you know, still allowing people into Ireland, albeit Ireland is the signatory of many international treaties. I'm sure that mean we have an obligation to do this by international law, if not the moral obligation. Um, so they're quite striking comments from from the two councillors. I mean, they, they, Noel Thomas was on the radio this morning. He was asked to. You know, to try, he was, he was pressed on, well, what exactly is the fear? 
and he initially started talking about uh, antisocial behavior. This was on this was on Morning Ireland. Then any then he started talking about you know attacks on on people and how there's been been migrant involvement in some of those. And he you know he accepted he had no evidence that you know the people who would be moved to this asylum seeker center would be involved in any of that. But these are the things that that are being said in in what is quite an emotive and, and fraught environment. Has Michal Martin or any other senior members of Fianna Fáil responded to these comments by councillors within their own party? We haven't seen anything from me all, Martin, as yet. I'm awaiting an official Fianna Fáil statement. Um, the Minister for Integration, Roderick O'Gorman, has has come out and, and you know, t- said the t- kind of arguments made by, by Noel Thomas there in particular are kind of their bogus arguments, you know, the concern for security and things like that. He also said that, you know, people coming to Ireland, they're, they're fingerprinted, there are checks done, you know, they're, they're, it's not quite vetting as, as we would understand this in terms of the, the child protection vetting that, that occurs with, you know, sports clubs and things like that here. But it, it is a level of checks that are carried out on people coming into in a community that would not be carried out on, on Irish people moving into a community. Um, you know, so it's, there should be some, some level of, of reassurance there. But I mean, it, so much of this comes down to nimbyism as well. Um, I mean, one of the things that Councillor Thomas was talking about, you know, people, People like to be able to leave their doors and windows open, go out for a walk and things like that. Well, you know, people in the cities don't leave their doors and windows open. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it might be nice to be able to do that. Mm. But, you know, maybe, maybe t- a simple solution is to, to, to lock your door and, you know, lock your door against what? A fear of more people, people that you don't know. Well, you know, it's probably a common sense thing to do, regardless of whether they're, they're from, uh, countries, different countries or whether they're, they're from Ireland. It's not just Fianna Fáil councillors, it should be said. Carol Reynolds, the Labour Party candidate for Dublin South East Inner City in the upcoming local elections. She said over the weekend in a video shared on TikTok that Ireland was full and that there were too many immigrants arriving in a country which has become known as, quote, Treasure Island. Now, she subsequently posted an apology saying her comments did not reflect her values, views or the types of politics she stands for. But doesn't all this show that there is conflicting information being moved around councillors, but also rising tensions among councillors within their parties. Sure. I mean, councillors have very limited powers. They they don't set things nationally. They don't set asylum seeker policy. But we have uh, local elections coming up in just over over six months' time. And, you know, while, while we don't have any far-right politicians elected to office at the moment, you know, could this be the first local election that sees see something like that happen? Or could we see politicians from mainstream parties playing up the, the immigration debate a bit more in these elections than, than we've maybe seen here previously? I mean, famously, immigration is, has been a massive political issue in, in Britain and, mm. and in the United States. It hasn't been to the same extent in Ireland yet, but uh, we haven't previously seen the kinds of of numbers of people arriving as as we we have seen in the last the last couple of years i, I think there are you know there are some 100,000 people from ukraine there's about 25,000 people i think from other countries seeking asylum uh, who are being accommodated by the state at the moment their numbers on a scale that we haven't seen before and it it would not surprise me at least if if politicians even from the the mainstream parties start start picking up on on this uh, a bit more in in attempt to Number one, uh, reflect concerns within communities, but also number two, uh, capitalise on potential votes therein. You know, it's uh, it's something I think we're going to see in the next six months.
Minister for Integration Roderick O'Gorman has described Saturday's attack as deeply sinister and he said this morning on Monday morning that people who come to Ireland seeking international protection have a right to be safely accommodated when their application is being adjudicated on. But what is being said within government about how his department, the Department of Integration, is liaising with local communities when it comes to opening new accommodation centres for these new arrivals? I mean, there's always a, a an issue with the, the communication strategy. If you communicate too early, this is from the, the government point of view, I suppose, if you communicate too early, it gives local communities a lot of time to organise and potentially build up you know, significant protests. But if you if you don't give them enough time at all, they can be accused of, you know, moving people in without any consultation or without adequate consultation. There's probably a, a balance to be struck there if, if you're if you're the government. There are, there are probably many communities around the country, no matter how much time you gave them to to come around to an idea, they would not accept the idea of of an asylum seeker centre in their in their community. So that that is the difficulty for the government. That the community engagement thing always comes up, but they're in a bit of a catch twenty two there on that one. I'm not I'm not sure there's, there's a solution other than you know what they they've been attempting, and if if it doesn't work somewhere, try somewhere else. It's worth noting that the Department of Integration actually recently appointed a national lead on civic engagement whose job is specifically to communicate clearly and fairly with communities earmarked for housing international protection applicants. So what are they doing wrong? Do they require, this is a very small department, do they just require more help from across the government? Is it time for the Department of Housing to step up and get involved? It's a it's a small department that that does a lot of different things. I mean, they have integration and, and immigration policy there. They have the whole childcare thing. They have a responsibility for the upcoming referendums on getting rid of the the women in the home aspect of the constitution. You know, that, and then there's historic things like the mother and baby homes. It is a big department that has been given some very big responsibilities in the, in the last couple of years that were not known about when this government was formed. Remember, um, there was no war in Ukraine at that stage and uh, and the numbers coming in were, were significantly smaller. There's a view that Mr. Roderick Gorman has kind of been left, left flapping on his own. The Department of Housing probably do not want to take on responsibility for this stuff because they have their own crisis to, to deal with as, as it is. There's there's not enough accommodation in the country. Roderick Gorman was, was out of a press conference last week where he was talking about the, the changes in supports being offered for Ukrainian refugees. And he was he was asked if he felt unsupported by the rest of the government, you know, he was he was there on his own with with another Green Party minister. There was there was no nobody from Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil. He you now he he denied it, uh, but the the optics of it, I suppose, were were not great. Uh, when we're talking about the good news in terms of you know all of the the things we're going to do for Ukrainian refugees, for instance, you, you would have seen other other political parties represented with other senior ministers. And it's the bad news of the when we're taking supports away or where we're making them less generous. It, it was Roderick O'Gorman on his own. So perhaps that, that told its own story. There's a definite pattern here now with these arson attacks. They've happened now on a number of occasions since 2018. Last month, there was an arson attack at the Great Southern Hotel in Rosslare, a petrol bomb at a residential centre in Finglas for the second time this year, and the front windows of Dublin City dorms on Parnell Street were smashed by rioters. In August, a property in Ballybrack in South Dublin was set on fire. In July, an arson at a former school in County Cork. In May, arson at a refugee centre in Bunkrana, a makeshift camp on Sandwich Street in Dublin destroyed and tents set on fire. In January, a former boys' school...
But the Department of Integration says it has no other options for new arrivals, that there's no other housing available. Does anyone else in government have a better solution? Do you know? Well, the, the, the calls have gone out for better solutions. I mean, the Department of Housing was asked to provide suggestions for land that could be used for modular housing, for instance, for, you know, every government department was asked for for buildings that could be refurbished. And some some of that is happening. It's interesting that the the efforts to kind of maybe staunch the flow of Ukrainian refugees into Ireland very much came from the Department of Integration, Roderick O'Gorman's department, with the the suggestion that accommodation will be time limited to 90 days. So that, that does show that the pressure that the system is under. The other, the other thing that shows the pressure that the system is under is the fact that as of last Friday, uh, there were 207 asylum seekers that, that couldn't be provided with accommodation. These are, these are single men who arrived in the country who are basically given an allowance, a, a slightly bigger allowance than, than previously. I think it's in this, the region of about 118 odd euro. That's to do them for the week. And then they're referred to, uh, two homeless charities in Dublin, uh, given tents and, and sleeping bags. And that, that I think puts the, the events of, of, of the weekend in Galway into context where this was part of the solution for, for 70 of these people who are, who are now effectively on the streets. I mean, it was striking actually to, to return to what Noel Thomas said, Councillor Noel Thomas said in Morning Ireland today. He was talking about there's, there's no room on the inn. And I, I thought it was curious that he, he used that, uh, that phraseology, you know, it's associated with Christianity and Christmas and, it's coming from the the less welcoming side of of the the Christmas story that that particular quote. So I thought that there was some irony in that, uh, given that the surely the the Christian thing to do would be to uh, do everything possible to uh, to help people in need. Cormac McQuinn, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. That's all for today. For more reporting on immigration and the struggles to find accommodation for those seeking asylum here, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Sarah Hapalak. This episode was produced by John Casey and Suzanne Brennan. In the news, we'll be back tomorrow.